Marvelites. Welcome to the Silver Anniversary. Oh, wait, yeah. episode 26 of This Week in Marvel. This is the beginning of the next 25 episodes of This Week in Marvel. So that makes it double silver, right? Sure. Yeah, so this is This Week in Marvel, the official Marvel podcast of all news, new releases, information, and smiles. Smiles this week provided by intern Carrie. It's her last week on the show, but before we get to her, I am Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M, Executive Editorial Director for Marvel's Digital Media Group, joined by... Marvel.com Associate Editor Ben Morse, and we are, of course, joined by... Associate Producer Blake Garris, joined by who Ryan already said... Carrie Fialo, the intern, who's leaving. Carrie Fialo, leaving... And leaving a huge hole Yeah, leaving a huge hole in our hearts right now. Yep. Carrie, we miss Nancy Fialo here on This Week in Marvel. <laughs> but, you know, Carrie stuck it out to the end of her internship, so we got to give her credit for that. Yeah, one more week one than out of two. Nancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I win. Yes. So if you're just joining us, we're going to run through all the new comics available for the week, both in print and digital, and we're going to talk about news, video games, <laughs> movies, toys, events... And then we're going to get to your questions and comments that you've tweeted to us using the hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel. That's the best way for you guys to tell us about the show, about comics, what you want to know, all kinds of fun stuff. So let's dive right into the comics this week. Head first. Head first. Head first into the deep end. Diving in as long as Carrie stops shuffling too many papers and making all that noise. I'm missing a page. Yeah? My script. Am I not? It's double-sided. Technology. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. This is going to be great. Paper has defeated the intern <laughs> yeah. once again. This is going to be so a smooth gonna... transition. <laughs> yep. All right. So first comic of the week is Astonishing X-Men number 49 by Marjorie Liu and Mike Perkins. This is a dark story. Like, from the start, Yep. I was reading this. I was like, oh, goodness. That's not pleasant at all for these the characters. I don't think that's what you said, but yeah. Yeah, no, not. I, look, I'm, I'm a little PG on the podcast, but that's okay. The X-Men are facing up against the Marauders in New York City. It's an awesome battle. I always love the Marauders. They're great X-Men villains. And you kill them, they'll come back later because of Sinister and his jerkiness. Yeah. There's not many layers to the Marauders, which I actually have always kind of liked. You know, you always have your your Doctor Dooms and your Magnetos who, oh, I kind of want to root for them because they're doing something noble beneath it all. Not so with the Marauders. They're just jerks who like to kill people. Yeah. And, and you need some of those. Yeah. And it's great because they have a big team. There's a, a pretty large cast, but yep. they can rotate in and out, and sort of you'll find, you know, some come and go as time goes by. A wide assortment of powers. Yeah. They're great. So you've got that going on. There's a reason why there's a fight. You get to find out a little bit more about that. You've got some cool relationship things going on throughout the book. It's leading to cool places, and, you know, we've been talking about Big stuff happening in Astonishing X-Men. Big wedding coming up real soon. Yeah. So you'll find out next issue, number 50. Boom. That is the triple silver anniversary, if I am correct. I question your knowledge of fine metals, but Mike Perkins, it should note, doing a great job on that book. Mike was doing the stand for the past 15 years, so he's finally come back to superhero comics and done so with panache. But like he's picked some stuff up from the stand. He's... For a little bit of that eeriness over. Yeah, the, the horror vibe has yeah. definitely sunk in, and the gore and the, the creepiness is great. Avengers versus X-Men versus is out this week. Now, for months, a lot of people have wondered exactly what this book is. There's a nice kind of explanation right here at the beginning of the book on the recap page. They basically said, as we've said before, this is the fights that take place during Avengers versus X-Men. If you've been reading Avengers versus X-Men, the main series, you know, you get like a panel 
couple pages of here's Iron Man and Magneto facing off, but you don't really see what happens. This is where you see what happens. It is zero real character plot development. It's really just like taking two action figures, slamming them against each other, and then having amazing artists draw it and writers actually get in their heads. So I don't think I really knew what to expect from this. And man, I loved it. I loved this book. It was action-packed, as was promised, but it was also very clever, it was very witty. It allowed the writers, in this case, Jason Aaron on the lead story, which is Iron Man versus Magneto, and Catherine Eminen on the second story, which was The Thing versus Namor, to really get inside the strategy. Because, you know, in these big events, we really see someone throw a punch or unleash an energy blast. We don't really get to see them whip out their tricks and think about how they would defeat them cerebrally. But particularly with Iron Man versus Magneto, Iron Man, obviously, metal suit, can't use that. So he had to go back to the drawing board and figure out a way around that. And then Magneto has to figure out a way to counter Tony Stark, who's a genius, who has all these countermeasures. It's this chess game, which at the same time is just these two big, colorful superheroes hitting each other. And I loved it. And then the, the counterpoint was Thing versus Namor, where it really is just two big lugs hitting each other and taunting each other. And Namor is great. The art is top-notch. Adam Kubert does Iron Man Magneto. Stuart Eminen does Thing versus Namor. So these are A-list guys, A-list ladies as well, because Catherine Eminen wrote the second one. She did a fantastic job. And I love this book. I'm excited for more. I, they actually declare winners at the end. It is not left at a stalemate. You get to see it. I'm not going to spoil who wins. I'm not going to spoil how they win, but I'm going to recommend this book heartily. I can't wait till the next issue to see more of this. I'm super excited. I'm just rambling like a schoolgirl. Like a schoolgirl. Yeah. I actually disagreed with the outcome of one of the fights. I did. I disagreed with, um, yeah, I disagreed with one of the fights. Yeah. But I still enjoyed it. It It's probably the same one. We can talk about it after the podcast. Yeah, we can spoil it for I don't uh, want to spoil it for anyone. I agreed with one of the outcomes and disagreed with the other one. Yep, just so, like I said. We'll get, we'll get into it. All right. Up next, Battle Scars, number six, the final issue of the limited series. I've loved this whole series. I yeah. thought it came together really well. Big I was, deal stuff. Big deal stuff. And I was a little hesitant about it, you know, when it started, but I think the creative team of Chris Yost, Colin Bunn, Matt Fraction, Scott Eaton, they, yeah. they really pulled it all together. It was a great story. And Chris was really the point guy. On sure. Colin yeah. and Matt helped with, you know, yeah. the development, but... It's really Chris Yost's baby. And if you're a fan of Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, Chris Yost is a, the architect of that show, yep. and he's the architect of this as well. It's really cool. Last issue, or I think it was the issue before, we found out that Marcus Johnson, the main character in the miniseries, is Nick Fury's son. And that has led to a whole host of problems for Marcus Johnson. But here it all comes together. He takes the fight to Leviathan. He goes to save Nick Fury Sr., Wait, did I say Nick Fury Sr.? You did. Yes, because Marcus Johnson's real name, actually Nick Fury Jr. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I thought There's that was There's some neat. big stuff at the end of the book. Yeah. We actually, uh, depending on when this goes up and what's out, dancing around spoilers here, I think it'll be pretty widespread by the time we get on, but you know, yeah. we err on the side of caution. I got to talk to Chris Yost about certain elements of this last issue, and it was really cool how he... Uh, married certain things from the Marvel Cinematic Universe into the comic universe in a very organic way. Yeah. And we got some really cool characters out of this series, so I'm pretty excited, again, to see going forward. This is a neat first chapter of a, of a larger story. Yeah. Big knockdown, drag-out fight in this, and great story overall. Loved it. Captain America number 10 is the conclusion of the powerless arc. 
It's a five-parter by Ed Brubaker and Alan Davis. Captain America, he finally gets his powers back. Uh, they were taken away by all the assortment of bad guys he's fighting right now, which is Machine Smith, this new Queen of Hydra, codenamed Bravo, Baron Zemo. They're all kind of pulling the strings. But while Cap is dealing with his powers, Hawkeye and Falcon are out in the field, and Falcon has been affected by a mad bomb which is something that happened to him years ago. It's basically driven him into a crazy fury. So we get a Hawkeye versus Falcon fight with Hydra in the middle. But it's kind of cool because Falcon is a character who you don't always think about his offensive capabilities. He does a lot of recon. He does a lot of helping people out. But when he puts his mind to it, he can be pretty, pretty brutal. And you really get to see Falcon unleash in this issue. You get to see Hawkeye at his best. A nice callback to when they were on the Avengers together way back in the day. And then it's up to Cap to kind of pull his friend back from the brink. But a lot of wheels moving in Captain America. This is all part of a bigger plot. Of course, as I say, every month the treat for me is getting to see Alan Davis and uh, Mark Farmer on art. They're one of my favorite art teams, colored by Laura Martin, and they do a bang-up job on this issue. It's been a really fun arc, and again, some more fun stuff moving forward. You want more Captain America action? You'll get it this week in Captain America and Hawkeye number 629 by Colin Bunn. Man, he's everywhere. There's not many books Colin Bunn didn't have a hand in yep. this week. He's getting around. I like Colin. He's a good dude. Colin Bunn is a writer. Alessandro Viti is the artist. It's uh, the new era for this Captain America team-up book. You've got Cap and Hawkeye in New Mexico checking out Archstone Research Facility. Are they an established thing? I think it's new. I've never heard of them. Okay. Yeah. If the Marvel computer brain doesn't yeah. understand, doesn't have any uh, reference let's, for it. Let's get a second opinion from Blake Garris, associate producer. Yes. Yes what? <laughs> he did his congressional lean-in, though, so yeah. I can't fault him where he leans three feet forward to talk into the microphone. Carrie, what do you think? Are they established or new? I've never heard of them. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Carrie hasn't heard yeah. of them. I mean, Tauche. there are two sides to every paper, as they say. Yep. So Cap and Hawkeye are checking out some mutated dinosaur craziness. It's, as it's, they will. Yeah, as they as they do, and uh, it's going to lead to hijinks, and Hawkeye and Cap butting heads, as they so often do when they team up, but they're bros, and they're going to take down the bad guys however they can. Over in Daredevil number 11, we have the conclusion to the Omega Effect crossover between Avenging Spider-Man, The Punisher, and now here in Daredevil. This one's written by Mark Wade. Beautiful art by Marco Cicchetto has been throughout the crossover. The plan to get the Omega Drive out of the hands of the bad guys and kind of get the bad guys off Daredevil's back has gone horribly awry, as we pretty much expected it would when these three teamed up. But first half of the issue, you get a team-up between Daredevil, Punisher, and Spider-Man as they try to contend with Mega Crime. You know, I've loved through the whole crossover kind of the dynamic between these three heroes three characters, really. I don't know if you can classify the Punisher as a hero, but I love seeing the Punisher interact with Spider-Man particularly, and that's great stuff on this. But really, the back end of this issue is pure conversation between Daredevil and Rachel Cole Alvis, the Punisher's new protege, if you will, who lost her husband recently, lost her family recently, and she's taken the Omega Drive. She's basically going to go rogue and try to take down crime in the city. Daredevil notes that years ago he tried to get Frank Castle to pull back and not fully give himself over to being the Punisher, and he failed. And now he feels he has a second chance with Rachel. And I felt like this was just a powerful, moving, intense issue where Daredevil really... I I love him laying out his argument. I love 
the way Cole counters him, but I really like a lot of the points Daredevil makes. So you kind of get your chocolate and peanut butter here because you get great action for the first half of the issue, but then you have some pretty high-stakes emotional stuff the second half of the issue and still plenty of tension and whatnot. And, you know, we leave these characters in a different place than we found them, and the Omega Drive story will continue. But I enjoyed this issue of Daredevil, and I enjoyed the Omega effect. Over in... uh, Dark Tower, The Gunslinger, The Wave Station. We've got the final issue of this limited series written by Robin Firth and Peter David, illustrated by Lawrence Campbell and Richard Eisenhoff. This is a conclusion to another original Dark Tower story. So whether you are a fan of the Stephen King work or if you've come in through the comics, this is something new for you. Be sure to check it out. In FF number 17, it's written by Jonathan Hickman, art by Nick Dragota, colors by Chris Sotomayor. After everything that has been going on in Fantastic Four and FF, and we had last issue in Fantastic Four, the great poignant issue about Reed and Ben Grimm's friendship and all that, the future stuff. That was really cool. We need something light, and that's where this issue comes palette in. Palette cleanser, if A you will. A palette cleanser. Amuse-bouche. Yeah. Very amusing. A lot of Top Chef mm-hmm. I've watched over mm-hmm. the years. You've got this story, which has Johnny moving in with Peter Parker, Spider-Man, They've been friends and very much like brothers, you know. Not bros like Captain America and Hawkeye, but brothers. Correct. Right. There's yes. a distinction, an important distinction you made. Stop Totes. Carrie, do your eyes just roll naturally or yes. is that you're doing I can't, on I your can't own? Okay, no, cool. Every time I open my mouth. <laughs> so Spidey and Human Torch are living together and antics just everywhere. Every page, something crazy. Antics spill over from just, panel to panel. It's great. And if you're looking for... Human Torch with very little clothes on. You got it yeah. in this issue. He's wearing an apron and underoos, and it's just, that's Fans, it. Fans, we've heard your requests, and we are making them happen here at Mighty Marvel. It's great. You've got Negative Zone antics. You've got Horizon antics. Oof. There's a sequence where Johnny has a party in the apartment, <laughs> and it's amazing. It's really, yeah. really fun stuff. There's a two-page sequence with, I think, six panels, and it's incredible. Nick Dragota really takes the characters in, in fun ways and great facial expressions and lots of action. Like the book just feels like it's constantly moving and he's just he's so good. Hickman has a lot of fun on this issue. It's really great. And it has a, a fantastic final page. Yeah, it does. Just Ugh. so good. <laughs> yeah. I love very me some FF and Fantastic Four. We also this week had Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider Man number one. This is the first issue of our new all ages Spider Man series based on the television show on Disney XD. You got two stories in this issue, much like the old days of uh, Marvel Adventures Spider-Man from a few weeks ago. But this is this is basically the new rejuvenated version. You've got Man of Action telling a story about the Shocker in the first part with art by Nuno Plate. And then in the back, a little bit of uh, recapping on who Peter Parker and Spider-Man are in a kind of funny little uh, story involving Principal Coulson and Nick Fury, written by Dan Slott for Amazing Spider-Man, drawn by the great Ty Templeton. It's basically, if you like the Ultimate Spider-Man series on Disney XD, you're going to love this book. They really translate the feel and all the little sight gags and everything over into the book. And, you know, the art's great. Makes sense because Man of Action writes the show, so they translate it perfectly here. It's a lot of fun. It's nice, self-contained Spider-Man stories. And they also bring over uh, Marvel Mashup, which is one of my favorite parts of the Marvel Universe block on Disney XD is they'll take old cartoons and basically redub the voices. Here they take old comic books and put new dialogue in. And the first two in this issue are done by 
Harrison Wilcox, who's a gentleman over at Marvel Studios, and our friend Todd Casey does one. So, good for Todd. Congratulations to him. But, new all-ages Spider-Man series, Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider-Man, do check it out. And then, over in the world of Asgardia, no longer Asgard, Asgardia now. It is true. It's a big, big switch. I, my Thor number 13, written by Matt Fraction, drawn by Pepe Larraz. After the whole Tyrannus saga, we have a bit of a downtime issue, although downtime for Thor means he's going and helping some of the neighbors of Asgardia investigate monsters, getting a big thrashing action, which Pepe Larraz draws wonderfully. But you've also got Donald Blake sitting down to have a drink with, we don't know who until the end of the issue, I'm not going to spoil it, but basically... Recapping the history of Donald Blake and Thor and hearing it from Donald Blake's perspective, which is very interesting. Because Donald Blake's basically this guy who was created because Odin was pissed off at Thor, wanted to teach him humanity, created this human version who only has about 10 years worth of memories before he became Thor's secret identity. And now he's just out there. He's kind of a loose end. He's just living, but he doesn't have a full life. So he takes an interesting turn in this issue. And, uh, We'll see where he goes with it, but a new dynamic for Donald Blake as of this issue. Before we keep moving forward, I guess you call it a programming note. Uh, we talked about Moon Knight number 12 last week, but apparently we were hoodwinked. Even though it was in our bundles, it didn't come out until this week. So Moon Knight number 12, you can hear our assessment of it by listening to the Silver Anniversary episode of This Week in Marvel, but it's actually in stores this week. So check that out. Yeah, get all over that. Get up on it. Get in it. So this week we have New Avengers number 25 also celebrating their silver anniversary. Yes, big we're times. just like the New Avengers. We are the New Avengers. We got there faster, though. Yeah, I mean, look. It took them like two years. What can you do? This issue is by Brian Michael Bendis, Mike Diodato Jr., and Will Conrad, and it focuses on the Iron Fist mythology and how it plays into the events that will unfold in Avengers vs. X-Men. Because as you were reading this... The Iron Fists of old have had dealings with the Phoenix. And how that all has come together and what that means for Hope and for Danny Rand, Iron Fist, you will find out through the pages of Avengers vs. X-Men. But this is a really cool way to get some backstory, to get some information, and to get some history on what went down back then. And I always, I'm a huge Immortal Iron Fist fan. The the run by Brubaker, Fraction, and David Aha, just so good. And it was cool to see some of these characters back again. I'm looking forward to seeing how this unfolds. Another Avengers X-Men tie-in, another Avengers title, Secret Avengers number 26, follows the team that Captain America dispatched into outer space to confront the Phoenix, consisting of Beast, Captain Britain, Thor, Miss Marvel, Valkyrie, War Machine, Vision, and the Protector. They confront the Phoenix. It doesn't go great. Nope. As you might expect, it might not. But what's really interesting here, and this is written by Rick Remender, is character interactions both before they confront the phoenix so basically they're all like okay we're all gonna die this is our last night alive how they act differently you get some really good stuff with beast um really focuses in on beast and how he is in a crisis and how he fits into the avengers and then once the battle actually takes off captain britain kind of takes center stage and captain britain has his chance to shine here has his chance to finally be the A-list hero that he's always wanted and feels he deserves to be, and things go maybe not according to his plan. And the fallout is very interesting. I am very, very interested in Rick Remender's Captain Britain, and more than that, the relationships 
he has with other members of his team. I think Remender does a brilliant job here of kind of teasing that out. We've got this big cosmic event, but I'm really thinking about the characters and how they feel about each other. And obviously, everything's heightened because of the stress, because they're trying to protect the world, the universe, because they're not sure if they're going to make it out alive, but the tension just makes for some great character moments. And the art by Renato Guedes, this is the best thing I've ever seen Renato Guedes draw. Yeah, he, he like just steps it up and goes full force on this one. He's got Betty Brightweiser and Matt Wilson on colors, but just he pulled all the tricks out of his bag here. And you were saying earlier, it looked very like European. It's got a, like a mix of European, South American, Tony Millionaire, independent comic. Mm-hmm. Like it's got all these different flavors to it that is distinctly his own. He takes it and does very much his own thing with it. It looks like, the best way I can describe it is it looks like clay. It looks like he's drawing with clay. It's very cool. It looks like it has three dimensions. It reminds me of, you know, a lot of those great past European and foreign artists we've seen. And it's awesome. It's completely different than the art we're seeing elsewhere in Avengers vs. X-Men. Helps this uh, chapter really stand out. There's also some stuff going on with Cree. It's going to lead to big crazy stuff next issue. Final issue of the 12. The 12 comes to an end with issue number 12 written by J. Michael Straczynski. 12. Art by Chris Weston. 12. See how many times we can fit 12 in there. 12. This is the the denouement, if you will. How is it really pronounced, Carrie? I have uh, no you know idea. you want to. Yeah, all right. You know when I first... Never mind, go. Yeah, go. okay. So <laughs> this is the aftermath of all the big action of the 12. This is basically where do these characters go from here. Some interesting setups. Uh, some interesting springboards for where we could see them in the future. But as always, great art by Weston. Some very interesting potential beginnings for these characters. And, you know, a wrap to a series that a lot of people have followed for years and hopefully satisfied by the conclusion. Pretty cool stuff. Ultimate Comics Ultimates, number nine, by Jonathan Hickman, Isad Rabik, and colors by Dandy Dean White. I don't even know anymore. I don't even know. What's going on? This is ridiculous. This comic is insane. It's so big, so crazy. It's incredible. It's such a good issue. You've got Iron Man and Thor taking on some some villains of their own. You've got Nick Fury, Black Widow, Hawkeye trying to get into the middle of some of the big stuff between the city and the children. Is it the city and the children or the people and the children? At the city. Yeah, they live in the city. Yes, between the people and the children at the city. Yep. You know what I'm talking about if you're reading the series. It makes total sense. If not, you just sound like a lunatic. Yeah. You've got crazy Reed Richards. You've got really angry Hulk. Really angry. Really angry Hulk in his gray form. And you've, you've got really bad stuff happening to pretty much everyone right now. This is what the Ultimate Universe is, is sort of all about. It's like big, sweeping craziness and consequences for these characters and the real life. How would this happen in real life and how would things unfold? And it, it was crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's a great story. And with all due respect to all the other art teams this week, and there are some great ones, I don't think there's a prettier book than Ultimates by Asad Rabik and Dean White. They have just gone to a whole nother level with their art. And again, we had some we were just talking about how great Renato Guedes was. There was some other great stuff this week, but these guys are just elevating everything they do. This is a book that I pour over every single panel. Yes. And you know, the detail that they put into everything. It's like giant ships, mm-hmm. you know, there's little things everywhere. The backgrounds are, are so awesome. Like every part of this book is just, it's fantastic, and, you know, it's 
Definitely one of my favorites. Back to AVX. We took a little break. Now we're back. Uncanny X-Men number 11, written by our good friend Kieran Gillen, who we tormented on Twitter over aspects of this issue. Drawn we did? By Land. Yeah, I don't think I filled you in yet. I'll tell you after the show. Awesome. Take that, Kieran. <laughs> it was in the email, too. Yeah. But, and drawn by Greg Land. It's looking at the events of Avengers X-Men number two from yet another perspective. Obviously, giving a lot more look to the X-Men and how they saw things. Specifically, we get inside the head of Namor briefly. We get to see Hope's pivotal transformation scene from her eyes, which was very interesting because, you know, in the main book, we're just observers to her basically going all Phoenix. And here we get to find out what was she thinking during all of this. But the main thing is we expand on the Juggernaut, Colossus, versus Red Hulk battle underneath Utopia, under the sea. We get inside Colossus's head. And this is the most we've heard from Colossus since he became the Juggernaut. And I know Kieran's really invested in this character. Kieran does such detailed, thought-out work with all his characters. So to get this insight into Colossus and how this you know longtime beloved character has transformed was really, really interesting stuff. You have crazy big punching between two giant creatures, but you also have some scary stuff that we talked about in past issues of Uncanny X-Men as what's going on with Colossus and we also really start to feel for the predicament he's in and then the issue ends with Cyclops basically firing his Hail Mary at the Avengers and it is not at all what you'd expect it's not a physical weapon Cyclops does something else that's really going to screw with the Avengers moving forward yeah it's really cool great issue Wolverine number 305 is at this week and that is the first issue by Colin Bunn and Paul Pelletier you're looking at me weird. No, I was just thinking about Colin Bunn. It's another another feather in Colin Iron Man Bunn's hat. He's, Lord he's Colin everywhere. Bunn, yeah. who is everywhere this week, joined by Colin Bunn. Colin Bunn, joined by Colin, Colin Bunn. Did I, did I say That's that? That's what it feels like. Yeah. That is what you said. Inks by Colin Bunn. Yeah. Colors by Colin Bunn. Letters by Colin. No, it's got a great team as always on Wolverine. But in this, Colin and crew pick up a thread that was left by Jason Aaron, the departing writer for Wolverine, Dr. Rot, the just gross, evil villain dude who really messed with Wolverine for a while. And Wolverine is looking out and trying to get some revenge and trying to find Rot. And Rot, as he had done before, is a step ahead and is it's such a messed up issue. There's a lot of blood in this issue. It actually reminded me a little of our, our late lamented Wolverine, The Best There Is, yeah. just in terms of sheer graphic violence. Drawn by Paul Pelletier, who is a fantastic artist, but who I've never seen draw this particular brand of mayhem before. Yeah, there's just blood and gore and body parts everywhere. This is not for the children. Unless your children have a real thing for blood and you're yeah. okay with that. In which case you should probably... Maybe talk to yeah, someone. talk to somebody. It's okay. Yeah, that's not what we're here for. Yeah. Finally this week, we've got X-Men Legacy, number 265, written by Christos Gage, art by Rafa Sandoval. This concludes the two-parter featuring Mimic and Weapon Omega. When we left off last issue, Rogue and Mimic had absorbed part of Weapon Omega's powers, and now instead of him being a living bomb about to detonate, they're all three of them living bombs that are about to detonate, taking their lives and this issue is them scrambling, everyone around them, Beast, everyone else scrambling to try to save them. And in the midst of it, Rogue and Mimic basically talk about their lives. Because Mimic is a character who's a lot like Rogue in a lot of ways. He started out as a bad guy. He's got very similar power sets. 
Scala has the same insecurity issues, and she kind of talks him through her situation. By the end of it, there is a resolution, but we get a pretty cool character in Mimic, who's been around for ages, but now he's in a new role, and I'm interested to see what Christos Gage does with him, because it looks like he'll be sticking around X-Men Legacy for a little while. Also, worth noting, next weekend is Free Comic Book Day, and we got a sneak preview of what we'll be giving out on Free Comic Book Day, and that is Spider-Man Season 1. Well, the art's by Neil Edwards. I don't recognize the writer. I think he's a new guy. New guy. Cullen Bunn. Yep. Newcomer to the world of comics. We're also giving out Avengers Age of Ultron, which is the Avengers Point One issue by Brian Michael Bendis and Brian Hitch, setting up some big events to come, and also some other fun Avengers merchandise. So make sure next weekend, we'll remind you again next week on This Week in Marvel. So we'll remind you next week in Marvel, but free comic book day is coming. Get excited. Get to your local retailer. Time to pick a twim of the week. You know, sometimes uh, on this, a lot of times I'm split. I have like three or four books, and there are a lot I like this week. But my clear favorite was ABX versus Avengers X Men versus Number One. I just love that book, and it was so different from everything else I read that that's my head and shoulders pick of the week. I loved it, but I think I would pick Ultimates. Ultimates is Ultimates also Ultimates is right up there too. You know, for the visuals alone, I would put Ultimates in the race, and then great story as well. So you're saying Jonathan Hickman is not a good writer. I'm saying Jonathan Hickman is, he's no Colin Bunn. It's true. No one is Colin Bunn except nope. for Colin Bunn. We open it up to the room, see if there are any dissenting opinions. Blake, Blake Harris? I'm going to pick AVX because I think both outcomes were accurate. Really? Yes. Well, that's going to be well, I guess we'll talk after. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting podcast. discussion after the show. That mustache is really going on right now. Yeah. I'm waiting on you, Ben. What? Your, your mustache. I'm trying, man. I'm no Blake Garris. Carrie Fialo? Do you have an opinion? What I most want to read? Yeah, what do you most want to read? That's an interesting way to Because gauge it. I haven't read them yet. FF number 17. Oh, all it's right. Like fun. FF number 17. So. It's a good time book. Good books this week. Yeah. Some good, good stuff out. Let's talk about what's out on the Marvel Comics app. Everything, everything we just talked about is out on the Marvel Comics app with the exception of Dark Tower. You can get every other comic we discussed plus... Avengers Roll Call, number one, which is a Marvel handbook guide to Avengers characters, and the May Marvel previews is also out on the Marvel Comics app, so you can get those available right now. We've also got some other digital comics that went up on the Marvel Comics app, and I'm going to talk about them now. Is that cool? (laughs) Just going to go right into it? I guess. Just going to jump into it. Do what you got to do. Going across the board. We have the first six issues of the recently as of this week wrapped moon knight series we have new mutants issues 29 through 32 we have all six issues of shield from 2010 and then we have the first 11 issues of wolverine from 2003 so that's the greg rucka material Derek robertson stuff yep all very very good really stuff. good collections on sale this week and we as always we thank max beckman for the list we've got astonishing x-men exalted hardcover dockin dark wolverine big break trade paperback Dark Tower, The Battle of Jericho Hill, trade paperback. Dark Hawk Classic, Volume 1, trade paperback. Fear Itself, Wolverine slash New Mutants, hardcover. Incredible Hulk, Pardoned, trade paperback. Marvel Masterworks, Daredevil, Volume 3, trade paperback. Spider-Man, Flying Blind, hardcover. Ultimate Comics X, Origins, trade paperback. Wolverine, Wolverine's Revenge, trade paperback. X-Force, Toy Soldiers, hardcover, and X-Men, War Machines, hardcover. That's interesting. When Max Beckman uh, tweeted this week, he was sure 
that my collection swim of the week would be Dark Hawk Classic Volume One, which is a, an astute observation. Was I'm Dark Hawk a new, a new warrior? Dark Hawk was very frustrating because he would guest star, and they'd always ask him to join the team, and he always he, he was like the, basically the Spider-Man to their Avengers, where he was always like, ah, oh, if only I had more time, you know, I'll, I'll be there when you need me. I'm a reserve guy, and I'm like. Screw you, Dark Hawk. You don't have that much going on. You can't be a new warrior. Go fight Portal. <laughs> yeah. Do they fight or are they friends? No, they're, I don't think they fought. you got to read that Dark Hawk Classic Volume 1. But that, as much as I am interested to read that, I didn't really read Dark Hawk Solo book when I was a kid, so I kind of want to catch up on it. But number one, X-Force Toy Soldiers is out this week, and that's continuing the 1990s X-Force collection. Ooh. The freaking Bam. awesome cable cannonball goodness. But... My pick of the week, if you've listened to the show for the last few months, you know how much I loved Doc and Dark Wolverine. So Doc and Dark Wolverine, Big Break, would be my collection twin of the week. Yeah. There's a lot of cool stuff here. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. No, I don't, I think, I don't know. The Fear Itself New Mutant stuff mm. alone is worth the price of the hardcover for me. Yeah. Okay. Blake Garris, collection pick of the week. Fear Itself. Fear Itself? Obviously. Why is it obvious? Because Fear Itself everything is awesome. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Carrie, what do, you, what do you most want to read out of these collections? Definitely Doc and Dark Wolverine. Big yeah. Break. Definitely fits your personality. Yeah, very... The twisted, <laughs> evil... Thank you. Psycho... Sociopath. Killer. Which is yeah. building her up. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's a compliment. The nicest thing you've ever said to me. More, We're almost done. More collections on the Marvel Comics app. We had Carnage, Family Feud, Hulk, Grey, classic book. Invincible Iron Man, Volume 5, Stark Resilient, Book 1. Mighty Avengers, Volume 3, Secret Invasion, Book 1. New Avengers, Volume 8, Secret Invasion, Book 1. And Thor, Latvarian Prometheus. That was a Matt Fraction, Kieran Gillen joint. It was between one of the two. Oh, I remember that. That was a good yeah. story. I just like the name. I love Latvarian Prometheus. I yep. think it's a fantastic name for a title. Yep. So, My pick would be Hulk Gray. Yeah. Hulk Gray is untouchable, man. It's yeah. really good stuff. If you've never read it, you, you owe it to yourself to read it. In addition to... The Marvel Comics app. You can also get digital comics via Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited on Marvel.com, which Carrie tirelessly puts in the effort to update our calendars and whatnot on that. And so we have our freshly digitized comics for this week. We've got The Mutant Misadventures of Cloak and Dagger, number four. We've got issues of The Nom, The Nam. You say The Nam or The Nom? Nom. The Nom. Blake, you know, you were it's there. Nam. Like, you were there. Like, Nom, 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 Nom. Blake, Blake from. Nam, Nam, Nam. Blake. <laughs> Blake remembers it, though. Yeah. Blake remembers it all too well. The Nam, 15 through 18. <laughs> all hey, can, can we not laugh about Vietnam? <laughs> Let's move on. I was laughing at Blake. All Winners Squad, Band of Heroes, issues number four and five. Iron Man, Captain America, Casualties of War, number one. Back to the Nam for issues number 19 and 20. Fantastic Four versus the X-Men, number one. What's this? X-Men versus the Avengers, number one through four? That's from uh, 1987, the original AVX, if you will. We've also got Invincible Iron Man, three issues without numbers on them, because the person who made this uh, doc apparently decided not to put numbers in. Why not? Carrie, do you know anything about that? Got new issues of Invincible Iron Man up. Wish I could tell you which ones. I have no idea. I'm sure it'll Explain be yourself. fine. I'm sure it'll be fine when you read the article, the press release on Marvel.com. Oh, That's all right. what I'm saying. So I guess you got to go to Marvel.com to find out. We, Which is we, what we do want. Yeah. Well, we like to provide you know everything for our listeners. For Thank them for listening to the whole podcast. We've also got Power Pack number 40, X-Men Giant Size number 1 from 2011, 
and then issues two, three, and four of Fantastic Four versus the X-Men, plus Namor, the first mutant annual number one, that's the Escape from the Negative Zone story, Right. and finally, Power Pack number 43. I love the random... Uh, somebody throw up Power Pack 40. Yeah. Uh, Power Pack 43. Yeah. I love it. I want to be in that meeting. All right. We have now wrapped up all the comics for this week. We're going to go over to some stuff available right now that includes Diamond Select Toys and Hasbro both releasing new figures for Marvel's The Avengers of the Aliens. So th- these are really cool. You know, obviously you're going to see the movie. You've seen some of the trailers. You get a, a little look at the aliens in the film. You can own the action figures, so you can have them play with Thor and, and Hawkeye and Captain America and, and those folks. Those, you know? the, those are the characters in the film. You, you hold them like this, and they yeah. you bounce them against each other. You guys can't see it, but I'm, I'm making the action figures hit each oh, other. We can see what you're doing. Yeah, so those are available. Check your local retailer. Hit up your, your toy store, your KB Toys, or what have you. That doesn't exist anymore. Yes, yeah. it does. Does it? You can find them. They're few and far between, they but they're still around. Yeah. yeah, go get into a wardrobe and you can find it like Narnia. Yeah. They're there. Yeah. All right. Do you know where to look? I'm also going to talk a little bit about the Avengers Russian premiere. We were going to post a TWIM mini this week, uh, one of the, our Tuesday podcasts with little bits and pieces, some cool quotes from stars from Marvel's The Avengers that we got from the Russian premiere of the film. And I was all set to do it, and Blake had cut it and put it together. And then he sent me the file, and it was two and a half minutes long, which I thought was a little bit of a ripoff for uh, a mini-podcast, even, for you guys. So, why don't you guys take two and a half minutes in this podcast and hear from some of the stars of Marvel's The Avengers, including Robert Downey Jr., Tom Hiddleston, Kevin Feige, Scarlett Johansson, Chris Hemsworth, and Mark Ruffalo. It's like two podcasts in one. Yeah. Enjoy. Bonus. It's really fun, and they've been talking about doing this movie for five years. I didn't know if they'd ever figure out how to do it. And so uh, being in here tonight and having this international premiere in Russia, to me, it's a, it's a really big deal. I'm really happy about it. And uh, and the kids like it. Um, it's interesting uh, because um, he's very psychologically com- complex. Um, and always attracts me about playing characters is, is their complexity. Um, it is hard after a long day because um, they're negative emotions and, and, and negative emotions are, are strange because they they really drain you of your energy. You know, whereas if you're full of love and generosity, they give you energy. So um, it certainly taught me that to make love and not war. Uh, I always loved the comic book. I always loved big movies with a lot of special effects and a lot of great actors. And I've been working for seven years to get this movie made with these guys. So it's, ta- it's taken about seven years to make this movie. Uh, it's almost no challenges other than the craziness that ensues wherever we go. But it's basically, it's an opportunity. There is such an amazing guest, you've just got to get a great story. And that's what our, our writer-director, Jess Whedon, did. Anytime you ever see your work, there's always something you feel that you can improve on. But I'm really proud of the film, and I'm proud of the work that we put into it. I think the, I think the audience is going to be really thrilled. I'm really, really excited about it. And uh, yeah, it's it's definitely always a little bit of a challenge playing someone who uh, has so many built-in fans. But I feel really fortunate that those that the audience accepted me as Black Widow the first time around. So I'm pretty I'm pretty happy to be able to bring her back. Oh, it's an incredible amount of fun, you know. If you had any interest in uh, 
in you know the previous individual Marvel films, uh, you know, or any interesting comic book films or big blockbusters. This is this is the film. You know, I don't know where they go from here. It's a, it's a roller coaster of a ride. A lot of action, a lot of fun. The movie's uh, uh, a lot of fun. It's um, it's very fast moving. It's full of a lot of action and great character stuff, and it really delivers with all the different characters. Each get their moment in the sun. All right, cool. Hope you guys enjoyed that. It was it was kind of fun to hear all those little bits and pieces about the movie from them directly. Strami, you're our only hope. Hello, this week in Marvel listeners. This is Marvel.com assistant editor Mark Strom coming to you as always from Marvel Studios in Los Angeles. First up, we have what's on TV this week to talk about. Of course, we've got new episodes of Ultimate Spider-Man and Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes this Sunday inside Marvel Universe on Disney XD. That all begins at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and kicks off with a new Ultimate Spider-Man episode entitled Why I Hate Gym Class that features... Taskmaster posing as a gym teacher so that he can figure out the identity of Spider-Man. And for those of you who don't know, Taskmaster is an incredibly awesome villain who, apart from having a killer fashion sense and an incredible costume, is able to mimic any move he sees. So... Basically, he's going up against Spider-Man and some of his fellow heroes, but everything they throw at him, he is able to instantly throw back at them. So it's a very tough challenge for the heroes to face in order to figure out how they can just beat this guy. It also involves some very amusing death traps set throughout Midtown High School, but you'll have to tune in to see what those happen to be. After that, at about 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time this Sunday morning, we have a new episode of Avengers or Smightiest Heroes called To Steal an Ant-Man, and this is, as the title might suggest, a very Hank Pym-centric episode. Essentially, it opens up with Ant-Man robbing a bank. If that doesn't quite sound like something that Hank Pym would do, there may be a reason for this, and there may be something else going on. This episode also features a couple of heroes known to hire out their services. So you'll want to tune in to check out those guys who are in the business of superheroing. I don't I I can't I'm I'm just I'm stretching it a little thin with the yes. But y'all know who I'm talking about. Tune in to Avengers this Sunday to see them in action. Of course I'm talking about Iron Fist and Power Man. And yeah, it's a great episode that really delves more into Hank Pym's character in ways that will resonate greatly for fans of the comics. Also this week, this past Tuesday, the Iron Man and X-Men anime series finally hit DVD. We've got all 12 episodes of Iron Man, all 12 episodes of X-Men, 
in their own complete DVD sets. We've been bringing you some clips, some interviews for the anime series. We'll have some wallpapers up in the next day or two from the series. You can get them anywhere DVDs are sold, online or at your local shop. And yeah, if you enjoyed the series on G4, be sure to check them out. If you haven't checked them out yet, now is the perfect opportunity because you can get the whole thing. You don't have to wait a week in between each episode. So with that, I've pretty much covered everything in terms of what's on sale or on TV this week. And I'll send you back to those fine fellows back in New York. Thank you, Mark Strom. As always, you are a beautiful man. Now let's kick it over to Benjamin for some news. Hey, we've got plenty of news in the world of comics this week. First of all, Avengers vs. X-Men is going to make a guest appearance in one of the most unexpected places this Sunday on ABC's Once Upon a Time. It's the primetime TV series about fairy tales coming to life in the modern world. Very critically acclaimed. Very I have rated. all of those episodes of on my queue on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Haven't watched them yet, but I know Tim Dillon yeah. and Arun Singh really dig the it's show. A good show. It's a good show. I haven't watched it yet, but I've, I love. I've caught an episode here and there. I'm hoping to catch up once it's all released. But how does Avengers vs. X Men tie in to this show? You got you got to tune in on Sunday. We have a story up about it, so you can actually see a sneak preview of uh, of what's going on with that. We spoke to Matt Fraction. Last week, about AVX, about Invincible Iron Man, about Mighty Thor, and about Defenders. We also talked to Jonathan Hickman about Fantastic Four, and more specifically about the return of the Black Panther coming up. We uh, got pretty boy Ryan Stegman on the horn to find out his five favorite Avengers. Uh, He did not list himself, shockingly. He gave five other Avengers because, you know, Ryan Stegman. He's always putting overs, others above himself. Look at him. That's not true. That's not Ryan Stegman. We had a psych ward from our good friend Ungaje, Tim Stevens, on the Sinister Six. And finally, we had sneak peeks at both Avengers vs. X-Men number four, as well as Incredible Hulk number 7.1. And let's see, this week, I'm sure you will have already downloaded it, but if you haven't, we had an interview with Brooke Lopez, who is the current injured center for the New Jersey Nets. Huge comic book fan. Yeah. Not the New Jersey Nets any longer. They just wrapped their home seasons, and now they're officially the Brooklyn Nets. That's even better. Yeah. I love so, Brooklyn. Yeah. Not a huge fan of New Jersey. Don't hate it. Don't worry, Ben. I yeah. know you love your New Jersey. You too. Yeah. Whatever. I can't see who you're pointing to when you just go, you too. It's fine. Terry. It's fine. But, yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. even realize that. Yeah, they just wrapped uh, yesterday, so they're on the move. But Brooke Lopez was very cool. Number one, he's about nine feet tall. I was so going to say 12, was, but yeah, he's probably more ginormous. accurate. But he was a huge New Warriors fan, so I was very excited to chat with him about that. Yeah, it was very cool. Came in. We have some photos up on Marvel.com on my blog. We have a story, everything that you could want about that. Also... Hopefully by the time this is all said and done, unless something happens and he has to cancel, we have Danny Pudi, who plays the humorous character Abed on the hit television sitcom Community. He's coming into the office. We're going to do some fun stuff with him. We'll have <laughs> we'll have a podcast with him soon. Why are we laughing? I was a pro, man. Uh, you started giggling, and then you started I giggling, giggling, and I started I giggling. giggling. I just smiled. And Carrie just looks like she hates you. <laughs> 
It's great. I love your description of him. But yeah, we, we have Danny Pudi coming in, and that's going to be a whole lot of fun. We'll do an interview and take some photos and post that to Marvel.com. And this week, the entire Marvel staff gets to see Marvel's The Avengers. I'm actually going to see it twice. I will have seen it at least twice. I'm going to try and wrangle a third screening this week somehow. It's just what I want to do. But I'm very excited by it. Yeah, very excited. Got tickets yesterday. 3D. Blake was annoyed because I got more tickets than he did. You're sitting in four chairs. You didn't understand that if you request more tickets, you can get more tickets. He didn't know how that worked. I want everyone to have room. They wouldn't have given me four tickets if they didn't have four tickets available, Blake. I'm not going to outline this for you again. Actually, though, Ben has a history of just lying across four seats during a screening. I need to be comfortable. Do you not want me to be comfortable? Me. Yeah, I didn't think so. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah, and finally, there's a cool new app from Walmart. It's a superhero augmented reality app. You can download it. You go to your Walmart store. It's actually really cool. You can take photos of yourself with characters from Marvel's The Avengers. I'm doing a tweet chat with the fans this week, and it should be pretty fun stuff. Let's kick it over to Stromy for more news. Hello, This Week in Marvel listeners. This is... Mark Strom, a.k.a. Stromy, coming back at you once more, here to talk about all things news in movies, TV, and games. Of course, most of this news will be relaying to Marvel's The Avengers, which is just one short week away. Well, technically, I suppose, like one short week plus one day. But let's just round down and call it a week. One week away. We've got tons of awesome news for you, including a bunch of incredible limited edition posters. We've got seven posters coming from Mondo. We've revealed six of them so far. Last week I talked a little bit about the Black Widow and Hawkeye posters, or at least I believe I did. I hope I did. I may not have. If I didn't, We had some Black Widow and Hawkeye posters that we showed off from Mondo last week. They were incredible. This week, we showed off four more posters, one each for Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, and Hulk. If you're unfamiliar with Mondo, they do a lot of sort of pop art designs and redesigns of movie posters. They're really very, very interestingly done and they're always very eye-catching and very i don't know i always want to own every single one of them and yet somehow i own none i should really look into that but we unveiled those we also have an exclusive imax poster that imax is producing for fans who go to see the movie at midnight on May 4th, or 12.01 a.m., technically, on May 4th. IMAX is handing this out to everyone who attends. It's a amazing group shot done by Ryan Minerding, who works in the visual development office of Marvel Studios, and he's one of the guys that's really in charge of bringing the looks of the characters from the comics page to the big screen. And he did this amazing shot, features all six Avengers in front of Grand Central Terminal in New York. The streets are blown to bits. They're all ready for action. You can check out the full poster on Marvel.com, as always. 
In other Avengers art news, we announced that Gallery 1988 Melrose, which coincidentally is about four or five blocks away from my apartment in Los Angeles, is going to host an Avengers-themed art show the weekend of May 3rd to May 6th that you should definitely check out in you're in the area. I know I'll be there, considering, like I say, I live a few blocks away and can walk there. It's on Melrose. If you're familiar with the area, it is right next door to Golden Apple Comics. I actually own a piece of art from that gallery on a little tangent. It's an amazing little three-piece thing that I have up in my room, but they always have very cool shows. I'm very excited about this because every time I go in there, I always want to buy something, but again, I only have so many walls, and currently all of them are taken up with art, but that doesn't keep me from succumbing to my impulse sometimes. So I'm very excited to see what type of Avengers-themed art they have. We have a few pieces on Marvel.com right now that you can check out, but they'll have many more in the gallery itself come May 3rd to the 6th. Also, we ran a couple of interviews with some of the stars of General Hospital, Bradford Anderson and Jason Cook, both of whom are big Marvel and Comics fans, because on the episode that ran on Wednesday of General Hospital. Those two actors, their characters, Spinelli, and I am admittedly not a huge soap opera watcher, so I am at the moment forgetting Jason Cook's character's name. Apologies to Jason Cook and General Hospital. But they went to a screening of Marvel's The Avengers in the series. So we had a little tie-in there. We talked with them, learned some of their favorite comics growing up. Actually, they're two very interesting pieces to read. I highly suggest you head on over, check them out. They were written, of course, by Arun Singh, our director of communications, who has a background in journalism, so he really knows his stuff, and he put together a couple of great interviews. We also brought you some photo galleries from premieres around the world of Marvel's The Avengers, including premieres in London, Moscow, Beijing, Germany, and Rome. Or I, I believe those are the only places we've brought you full galleries of. But yes, Marvel's The Avengers has been premiering worldwide. And of course, we bring you all the shots, all the news, let you know everything that's going on. We released a new featurette from the film, which shows off the Black Widow. It has Scarlett Johansson talking about playing the Black Widow. You get to see some of the actors give their thoughts on the character, and you really get some incredible shots of Black Widow in action from the movie. That's highly worth a watch. We also announced the Walmart Superhero Augmented Reality app, which is... This app that you can get on your smartphone, bring it into your Walmart, and essentially 
Well, I'm sure many of you are familiar with augmented reality, but one aspect of this is that also plays into a game of sorts on the program in which you can unlock different characters by aiming your smartphone at certain signage in your local Walmart. And once you do that, you unlock certain characters and their superpowers in this game. Of course, you can also aim it at certain signage and some of the characters pop out and you can take photos with them works very much like the augmented reality apps that we've seen popping up all over the place these days and you can get more info on that on marvel.com right now and is available in the app store on apple and for android devices well wherever it is you get apps in android devices actually i don't know where you get it apps for Android devices. I'm sorry, I don't have an Android device, so consequently, I'm a little in the dark on that one. But if you have one, I'm sure you know where to get it. Go look for it. It's the Superhero Augmented Reality app. Check it out. Whew. Leaving the world of the Avengers, we also broke news that Black Cat will be in the Amazing Spider-Man video game. This, I just found out about actually a few short hours ago but tomorrow morning tomorrow morning being thursday morning or this morning if you're listening to it on thursday you can catch some screenshots of the black cats redesign from the game and get a little bit of a hint of just how she fits into the world of amazing spider-man in this video game and what you can look forward to and with that, I think I have covered pretty much everything. Thank you once again to Blake Garris, our associate producer, who you have been listening to on this podcast for putting up with my mutterings and rumblings and editing this all together to make it something spectacular. And thank you to Ryan and Ben. And with that, I will send you back to them. Thank you, Strami. All right, it's time for This Week in Marvel questions and comments. Again, if you want to submit a question or comment for us to address on the show, tweet using the hashtag This Week in Marvel. You could also tweet to at Agent underscore M, at Ben J. Morse, at Blake Garris, and at Fangirling Daily. Oh, and at Strami. Yeah, at Strami. Also... I want to correct myself. I said last week we would be doing our AVX 0.5 episode. Uh, We didn't get to do it this week because Nicolo is traveling, but we will this Friday be recording the AVX 0.5 episode with Nicolo and Tom Brevoort. We'll be asking them all your questions about Avengers vs. X-Men number two and what's coming up. So tweet with the hashtag ThisWeekInMarvelAVX, all one word, and we will get your questions to them on Friday. Very good. All right, diving right in. First is from at Cassius335. He tweets, to me, do you think the BBC would allow a Jack Harkness Agent of Sword movie somewhere before Avengers 2? Like, are you like, to me? Well, he clearly addresses it <laughs> no, to it me. Just, it, was, it was your tone. <laughs> this is in reference to us meeting John Barrowman, who plays Captain Jack Harkness in Doctor Who and Torchwood. We met him at C2E2. It was a super lot of fun. We'll have that on the podcast in the coming weeks. And no, that is not possible. No, so not happening. <laughs> yeah. Next build-up, you just completely shut him down. The end. Next up from Alex Gimmel. Would love to see the yellow Daredevil costume in Marvel Avengers, Avengers Alliance. Any chance of that? 
There's a chance. I would rather see the armored Daredevil costume. Of course you would. From the, from the 90s. Who did the art on some of that? Carrie Nord? Scott McDaniel. Scott McDaniel. Scott McDaniel was... designed that costume. Mm. Yeah, Carrie Nord came in later. Carrie Nord came in after they had already gone back to the classic mm. suit. But man, yeah, that armored costume. It's a crowd pleaser. That's the one people remember. Yes. Or maybe movie version. All right, we're going to keep going through the questions and comments. At Jedi Masketeer tweets, it would be great to tie in all the Marvel apps so we buy a digital comic, we could read it on all platforms. Well, Jedi Masketeer, you can. If you have the Marvel app, you are using your Marvel.com account. And, you know, you sign up for that. You can comment on stories and do all kinds of stuff on that. And that ties into the Marvel app on iOS and Android. And it also ties into the digital comic shop on Marvel.com. You buy a comic one place, it is synced up with your account, and is available on all your accounts. And if you want to tie it to your Comixology account, you can easily tweet to Comixology, get the information there, happy to help sync up the Marvel and Comixology accounts so you can get your comics everywhere you want. But yes, we want you to be able to buy one place and read it wherever you like. And that also goes for the redeemed comics that you get from the books in the codes in the back. At Immortal Thor 99 tweets, any plans for a full set of Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes on DVD or better yet, Blu-ray with Avengers United They Stand as extras. Okay, couple things going on here. There's a chance for a full set of Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, but I don't know of any plans right now. Stromy may know something that we don't, but nothing that I can speak to. As far as Blu-ray, same thing, and with Avengers United They Stand as extras, no. I can't see that happening. Earth's Mightiest Heroes is a far superior show to United They Stand. United They Stand was the 90s Avengers animated series. It's very dated right now. Uh, I'm sure there are fans out there who like it and want to rewatch it, but Earth's Mightiest Heroes is great. If we have any plans to collect that in full series or seasons, we will let you know. At Epoch252 tweets, With a complete Ben Riley epic coming to an end, presumably with Volume 6, I was wondering... What is next for the complete epic range of Marvel trades, or what would you like to see? Well, the complete Ben Riley epic was the follow-up to the complete Clone Saga epic, which is basically these huge tomes we've been putting out to collect the entire 90s Spider-Man run. So yeah, I think that is winding down. Basically, it was designed to chronicle kind of the life and times of Ben Riley. So it, it may have completed its purpose in that sense. I know we're also releasing the stuff that came after... Ben Riley's tenure in a separate trade collection. So what's next for the complete epic range? I don't know. I, I, I like those big honking trades and yeah. just getting full chunks. And I, I like that they're releasing stuff that we haven't released in a while as far as stuff I'd like to see collected. I'm trying to think of what a good like X-Men counterpart yeah. would be for that. But I feel like we've released... We did Age of Apocalypse. X-Men. Yeah, that's true. Something Avengers-oriented... I don't we really have like five year long yeah. storylines like the Ben Riley stuff. That's what I'm trying to think. Yeah, you need something that really lasts. I mean, you could do a complete just collecting all the appearances of some character like Damon Hellstrom. That would be fantastic. We would love that. But, uh, you know, Serpent Society Squad. Serpent Society Squad. Uh, but it's really, those are designed for like not kind of, you know, here's the best of. You need a big storyline focusing on one guy. And I think we're pretty covered in that regard. But. We'll think about it. Maybe we'll get back to that one. At Bibliotech tweets, what character would you like to see again? My vote's for Nightcrawler. Rogue was right. The X-Men aren't the same without him. Hmm. I like how Nightcrawler went out. I mean... New monster. 
I, I don't like you're a horrible that person. he went out, but I think, you know, he, he died for what he believed in. He had a good sacrifice. I, there's no one right now who I'm like, oh, they need to be brought back from the dead. Like, you know, Nova's my favorite character, Nova Rich Rider. Is he? I, I keep this pretty guarded, but I really like the Rich Rider incarnation of Nova. Now we've got Nova in AVX right now. We're kind of not sure. That could be Rich Rider. We're not really entirely certain. But if it's not, I actually wouldn't be upset because I really like the story he went out on. I would more want to see someone brought back from Limbo, someone we haven't seen for a while, but who's out there and whose story is still going. I was actually just thinking the other day, I was thinking back to uh, Annihilation Conquest, that character Wraith, who was introduced. Yeah. Who was kind of like this weird space cowboy type guy. Yeah. I really enjoyed him. We haven't seen him in years, so that's going to be my pick. I'd like to see Wraith again. That'd be cool. I got Cable back. Yeah. Well, I mean, potentially. He's, there. he's around. Yeah. He's around. He's we know sleeping. He's, he's taking a nap. We know he's going to be seen again. He's old. He needs to relax. So I'm glad with that. You guys, huh? Blake? My, uh, I can see Nightcrawler coming back. I miss him. Carrie? I'm glad Cable's back, too. Cool. Great, guys. At Really Leonardo tweets, what eyed the Scarlet Spider full name? I think Really Leonardo is obviously from Italy because... That's where Leonardo da Vinci was from. Sure, sure. And, you know, he's trying to do his English here. So I'm going to translate to say that's probably what is the Scarlet Spider's full name. He's probably wondering what is Kane's full name. It's Kane. He doesn't have a last name. He calls himself Kane Parker sometimes, but that's really more of a sticking it to Peter Parker thing. Yes. Uh, he's a clone, so he doesn't have a real name. It's just Kane. Fair enough. Guys, just a request. If you're tweeting to us, try and be as clear and as exact and correct in what you're trying to get across. It makes it easier for us to know what your questions are and to answer them properly. At ComicsDude1 tweets, May 4th, 2012, Marvel's The Avengers, 3D IMAX, got the tickets. Awesome. Congratulations. I'm glad you're going to go see it on May 4th. Let us know what you think. No, there's a, there's a sequel to this tweet, and it's not as happy. Wait. Which one was first, though? The one that he had the tickets. I think he got the tickets, but, but then, look what, then look what happened. Then he, Comics Dude 1 tweets, going to get Avengers 3D IMAX tickets for my sister and nephew, and they said, sorry, sold out. So he got tickets for himself, but he couldn't get them for his sister and nephew. So what do you do? Do you keep the tickets and go on your own, or yeah, do you absolutely. give the tickets to... Kidding me? That's a Ben Morris response that's and a carry. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a Ryan Panagos response that I learned. That's, that's what your training has brought me to. Give them some of your extra tickets. <clears throat> what? I don't have extra tickets, Blake. I have friends who are coming to see it. Do you want to crush <laughs> their hopes and dreams? As, as, as opposed to your quote-unquote roommate from yeah. Canada who we'll have never seen. Canada? Really? Uh, no, it's like, you know, when you say you have a girlfriend from Canada and that's why you can't meet her? I've never done that. You do. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk more after the show, after we talk about ABX versus. All right. At Comics Dude one also tweets... My prediction concerning AVX is that Hope might be a figment of Scarlet Witch's powers flaring out of control again. So Hope doesn't exist in his theory. Lucas, Hope exists in all of us. (laughs) Yeah. All right, next tweet is from Mike Billiter. Tweets, as usual, this week in Marvel was 100% right. As usual. What did I say? No, I just said, as usual. I'm agreeing with that. As usual, this week in Marvel was 100% right. Amazing Spider-Man hooky was a totally random and awesome one-shot. Thanks, Agent M and Ben Morse. Our pleasure, Mike. I hope a lot of people read Amazing Spider-Man Hookie off our recommendation. That yeah. was a really good one shot. So good. I just want to punch Blake oh, in the boy. face. 
Cat Marvel Girl tweets that she's reading New Mutants number 41 again based on This Week in Marvel's Agent M and Ben J. Morse's recommendation. Again, again, redundant. Hashtag redundant. Well, look, we tell you what's good. Mm-hmm. You're either with us or against us. And I'm glad you guys are with us. Another one from Cat Marvel Girl, who, if you didn't know, formerly Ms. Marvel Girl. Yep. She's adopted the Captain Marvel Girl name. She tweets, I am having rage issues over Ryan Stegman leaving Scarlet Spider. Hashtag ready to mark of Kane some crotches. This actually spun out into an interesting tangent where, uh, first of all, Ungaje got involved and said he agreed. And I said to both of them, you guys need to let Ryan Stegman spread his wings and fly over to Fantastic Four like the beautiful peacock that he is. Yeah. And Captain Marvel Girl said something along the lines of, I don't think peacocks fly. I think they just basically stumble around with their giant butts. And I go, oh, I see you've met Ryan. And then Ryan Segner replied, he goes, I can't even respond to that. It was a brilliant, brilliant burn. It was pretty good. That was, that was the extent of the conversation. Yeah, very good. Another one from Captain Marvel Girl. She tweets, once it comes out, everyone mail your red copies of Gambit Number 1 along with fan art of the Cajun to Agent M. Yes, I support that movement. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just plaster your cubicle with I will with burn your cubicle down. My cubicle is your cubicle, so have fun with that. We'll see. <laughs> At Howard the Duck underscore underscore tweets to Ben with Iron Man 3. Yeah, no. Thank you. Yeah, look. It's, it's true, it's to me. It's to Ben. Right. With Iron Man 3 in China, will this open doors for a Doctor Strange movie in the cinematic universe? Uh, no comment, Howard the Duck, underscore, underscore. I don't know how that logic train works, that if Iron Man 3 is in China, there's going to be a Doctor Strange movie, but uh, we can't talk about any possibility of a Doctor Strange movie. It's nothing we've talked about yet. Yeah. Anything opens up any possibility, yeah. but there's nothing to speak of. But I would all. like you to follow up and explain to us how you went from point A to point B there. Because I don't really know what... Yeah, Nathan. I don't really know what that means. Yeah. Why, why Iron Man 3... It's not even in China. It's being co-produced by China, right? Yeah. So... Well, I think they, they're, they're filming some of it in China. China. Yeah, yeah. Probably. They're definitely filming some of it. Yeah. Um, but, how, but how that equals Doctor Strange movie, I'm very curious to hear. Yeah. I would like to go to China. Yes. So, Kevin Feige, as you're listening to this podcast, know that I would like to go visit the set in China, as well as where else it's filming. So, thanks, Kev. All right. Patrick Monster tweets, and we're getting a little bit of a clarification on his I'm excited about this. his Twitter name. His Twitter name is LZMTN Monster. So he tweets LZRMTN Monster. Oh yeah, LZR. So he tweets Laser Laser Mountain is short for Laser Mountain. It's a small group of street artists based in Washington State. There you go. So I guess he's Laser Mountain Monster. Blake's familiar. I thought that was what it was. Yep. yep. Blake, you're so hip. Yeah. So, Laser Mountain Monster tweets, How does Wolverine get around so fast? One day he's at the school, the next he's working with X-Force, and so on. You should read Wolverine issues number, I think it was 73 and 74. Yeah, the, like that the age. week in the life or something. Yeah, there's a great story by Jason Aaron and Adam Kubert where he tries to explain how Wolverine is in all the places he's in, and I couldn't possibly explain it better than that. So It's so there. good. It's a fantastic story. Yeah. All right, at QI underscore Hulk up tweets, I'm all manimal, bros. Cool. I don't know what that means. It's fantastic. Yeah. Congratulations. Kudos to you. At QI underscore Hulk up tweets, where is Shang-Chi? Last scene with the Secret Avengers, current whereabouts unknown. I love Shang-Chi. He's one of my favorite so good. characters. He was actually 
maybe be a better answer for that question I answered Wraith for. He's another character who, even though he's only been gone a few months, I always like Shang Chi. I like the uh, idea of him on the Avengers too, and also he's involved with Spider Island. He's helping Peter Parker out, so I would hope he will maybe pop up again in Secret Avengers or in Amazing Spider-Man. You know, War Machine was off the grid for a little while as far as the Avengers, but he was back in Secret Avengers this week. So hopefully we'll see Shang-Chi again soon. Yeah. At QI underscore Hulkup tweets, say the underscore. Oh, all right. Yeah, we were going to anyway. Yeah, that's what we do. We read it. Also, and do you guys think the unit is as overpowered as I do? It's Talking unit about from Uncanny X-Men. Yeah, unit from Uncanny X-Men. Unit is kind of unbeatable. But that's, I think that's what makes it's such an interesting villain yeah, I agree. because you know the quality of the villains can really dictate how strong a team needs to be how they can pull together what they need to do to overcome the odds and it's true that sets up so much because it really is pretty tough so when a villain is overpowered that can be lead to very interesting stuff when a hero is overpowered sometimes that can cause some story problems because then what can't they do yeah i mean if you're just a hero who's only you know, weakness is a rock or something like that, something and then you can do that. anything, then what's the point? But when a villain's overpowered, that leads to some interesting stuff. Yeah. At Ref Gemlin tweets, Listening to This Week in Marvel 25 before I pick up this week's comics. Love that Cyclops' song was born this way. It mm-hmm. changed that song. Hey, if you don't like Gaga, I don't know you. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Love Gaga. Mm-hmm. Learn something new every day. Yep. At Ref Gemlin tweets, Thanks for answering my questions in This Week in Marvel. Ben, pronounce Ref Gemlin however you want. Feel the love. Thank you, Ref. I will feel free to mispronounce it Ref Gremlin from here on out. (laughs) At Ref Gremlin also tweets, I knew to expect a dramatic ending to Thunderbolts number 173, thanks to This Week in Marvel, but I did in no way expect that. OMG, FTW, Jeff Parker. We warned you. Told you there's big stuff happening in Thunderbolts right now. Earth-shattering stuff. Yeah. Also, Robert Nellon also tweets, Having also read Wolverine and the X-Men 9 this week as part of AVX, I can now see why the boys at This Week in Marvel love Jason Aaron so much. Can you forward me some of your favorite arcs, issues, or titles of his? Love to read more. I'm a big Avengers fan, but he made X-Men so good. I would start with his Get Mystique story on Wolverine. It was his first multi-part arc on Wolverine, and it's dynamite stuff. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed his Wolverine Manifest Destiny limited series. I love everything he did with Wolverine. Yeah, he had great runs on Wolverine, but I really, uh, in particular, that stuff. Wolverine Weapon X, that Deathlock story, that was fantastic. He was a Wolverine guy just for a little while. He was just doing Wolverine, so he's only recently kind of expanded out to X-Men and Hulk and some other areas. But if you're looking to kind of prime yourself on Jason Aaron, I just start from the start of his Wolverine run, go all the way through that, and by the time you're done... Be more great stuff waiting for you. Yep. Last one from at Ref Gimlin. I hear Thunderbolts is becoming Dark Avengers. Is it a complete title relabeling with ongoing numbering? What is happening with Thunderbolts is is going to be retitled Dark Avengers. The numbering will stay the same. The creative team will stay the same, and there will now be a split focus as far as the story. Uh, one story will, as it's kind of been, follow the cast in the present, Luke Cage, Songbird, and them, but they will be joined by the Dark Avengers team. It was just introduced over in New Avengers. Meanwhile, the time-traveling Thunderbolts will still have their story going on, but the title of the book will be Dark Avengers, and it will have the same numbering. All right, now we've got a bunch from At The Ninja 1991. I think it's cool that you guys have said my full name on the podcast, lol. Right. Another one. That happened to Ms. Marvel Girl. Have I taken her place? Lol, JK. I'm at a loss. I think, I'm at a loss. I think he means what happened 
to Ms. Marvel Girl, and as we said, she has leveled up to become Captain Marvel Girl. I wonder if he's also saying, because we said her full name, has he now taken her place because we say his full name? But I don't know what he means when we say, we say his full name. We say everyone's full name. Yeah, Roman Belcher is one of our regulars. Yes. He tweets, I have just turned 21 last week and wanting wanted to know what is Spidey's and Deadpool's favorite drink and has Spidey got drunk before? Drink responsibly. Yes. That's your answer. Yeah. Seriously. Be careful. Don't, don't drink and drive. Don't drink and drive or seriousness. else we're cutting you out of the podcast. Yeah. Especially, Not cool. Especially if you just turned 21. Like... Doesn't matter. You could be 52. No, I'm not saying for the drinking and driving part. Obviously, you should always be careful of that. But I'm saying if you just turned 21, moderate yourself. Settle into this new world you're in. This right, Carrie? I don't drink. Yeah. yeah. A That's plus. Right. Thank you. Ten points to Gryffindor. I don't, I don't drink either. Ravenclaw. You don't give me A pluses. Ravenclaw. I don't drink. Why don't you give me A pluses? Stop asking for these things. Okay. That's not how you earn them. Okay. All right. I don't at, understand why Carrie gets all these. At the Ninja 1991 tweets, why don't Marvel just get their own TV channel? Let's see DC beat that lol. We should just do a podcast of just the Ninja 1991's <laughs> tweets. This is fantastic. Yeah. They don't need any response either. No, it's great. I yeah, there's no plans as far as I know. It'd be cool. We'd all like that. But we do have our own section on uh, Disney XD, the Marvel Universe block, every Sunday morning. Bam. Another one from at the Ninja 1991. How fast do you think Quicksilver can run? Extremely fast. I think in AVX2, we saw that he yeah. ran 347 miles in 3.4 seconds. Ran from New York to San Francisco. so That's more than that 300 is. miles. Yeah. I think they're in New York. No, he couldn't have been. I think it was 300 miles in 3 seconds. Interesting. I know he can't run speed of light. Which is like 50 miles an hour or something mm-hmm. like that, right? That's the science behind that. <laughs> but I believe he can run approaching, if not at the speed of sound. Because we've seen him come close to breaking the sound barrier before. So, do the math. I think he's gotten faster over yeah, time. Yeah, he may, he may be past the speed of sound at this point. He's still not speed of light quite yet, but he could get there. All right, final one from Athen Ninja 1991. Who is the smartest perso ellipses, ellipses thing in Marvel? He's like starting to say person and then corrected himself, and then even though he was on a computer and could just delete it and say yeah. thing, decided instead to correct himself. Again, it was a very, very Garrison move. Yeah. Very Blake-esque. Yeah. Uh, the smartest... We talked about this a few weeks ago, didn't we? Uh, the smartest thing in Marvel. It's hard. It's tough. It's got to be It's got to be some cosmic yeah. entity. With, you know, omniscience or something. Yeah. I bet it's one of the elders of the universe. Those guys. Those guys. Cause, just you know, being smart. They all have their hobbies. I'm sure one of them is just... Like gardeners being, being out there. Smart. Like, I'm going to invent a bomb gardener. that makes babies. I love the gardener. Yeah, it's great. Because he's just a gardener. The elders of the universe, for those of you who don't know, are these immortal characters who get so bored because they've been around for years that they all pick hobbies. So they have hobbies that they obsessively focus on. So you have the collector who collects things. You have the grandmaster who plays games. You have the champion who fights people. But then you get to some really, like, those are, those are the big ones. You get the more obscure ones, like the gardener who gardens, the runner who runs, the contemplator who just thinks about stuff. Contemplator. So he's probably the smartest guy. Damn. There you go. Done. Then you also have the interloper. What does he do? I think he just injects just gets himself, himself into in situations. So he just busts in yeah. right now and be like, yeah, guys, what's up, podcast? Yeah, here's my opinion. <laughs> so cool. He was a defender. Of course. <laughs>
<laughs> I was a defender. Let's be serious about this. All right, I'm going to skip over a couple for now. Go to Ungaji. No oh boy. <laughs> Tweets, so, web swinging. This is something we're doing now, right? Tim Stevens, you have a not even one-year-old daughter. How dare you? How dare you? You have your, your child, Hope Summers Stevens, as I like to call her, <laughs> who stayed in my home the other weekend when Tim and his family visited me. I, she, she needs a father. She got you, so she's, she's doing the best she can. Do not web sling. Plus, I've seen you. You are not, you are not in any, any position to be web swinging right now. No. Uh, another one from Ungaji. Men with no ability to grow mustaches unite. Ben J. Morris, Agent M, and so many others. I explained to him that we are able to grow mustaches. We just can't grow the little connector things between the beard and the mustache. And he was pretty upset about it. It's not really a good mustache. No, I'm not saying but you can grow them. Like, if I could grow a big, bushy, You've had wonderful, yeah. caterpillar-like mustache... I would be I would be prancing around like the cock of the roost. You, it would be so awesome. Like Ryan Stegman. I would out-ego Ryan Stegman Oof. if I had that mustache. You've had some quality facial hair mm. in the past. It's, yeah. not, it's not Blake Garris level, but no. you know, who outside of Colonel Sanders is. Yeah. His, his role model. <laughs> it really is, isn't it? All right, we're going to close out the podcast with three from at Simon Sebs. First one is, well, two weeks in a row, my tweets have closed out this week in Marvel. Intentional or not, I'm really honored. Make that three oh, weeks in man. a row. <laughs> Thrice. Did you like that? <laughs> I did not say it like that at all. Like Garris has lost three. it. Like Garris is off the reservation. Yep. At Seven Sebs tweets, where's the best place in the Marvel Universe to get Chinese food? Uh, it's got to be Madripoor. It's the most dangerous. So you know that they've got Good the best food Chinese has to be food. dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> if you risk it to go there yeah. or wherever Fat Cobra eats yeah I'm sure he knows just go with him yeah but I'm, I, I think Mad Rapport I'm sure he has a good joint and finally at Simon Sebs tweets besides Mr. Fantastic and Invisible Woman Storm and Black Panther and Luke and Jessica what superhero couples are in Marvel I think that's all of them I, I, think, I, that's, I think that that's, I think that's married like... couples oh there I was more... being sarcastic oh I was like, yeah, that's it. Those three superhero couples. <laughs> They're the I gotta only warn ones. You. I got to warn you before I go sarcasm. They're not the only married ones I can think of. Uh, Black Bolt and Medusa. Yep. They're married. Absorbing Man and Titania. Oh. They have a not, beautiful yeah, relationship. Yeah. Is Molecule Man married to... No. No. Not married, I don't think. Not last I checked. Before he, he perished, Sentry and his wife. That's right. Before that she a, perished and then he that perished. That was a very tumultuous relationship. Beautiful. Doesn't Hercules technically have a wife? He's got, he's got he's a lot going technically on. Technically got a wife. A lot. Uh, he's poor. Yeah. He's got some... Loki actually technically has a wife. I don't know what's going on. And, and people ask Kieran about if his wife will appear in the book all the time. He's always like, eh. kind of hedges his bets because he has this rarely seen wife and he's a kid now. So... That would be very interesting. Scarlet Witch and Vision Vision. were married. They're estranged. Yeah. I don't don't know if they're even officially divorced. I think they're just estranged. Mm -hmm. Cyclops and Jean Grey. They were totes married. Uh, The Wasp and Hank Pym. Totes married at one point. At one point. That we could keep going, but, you know, who would want us to? Nope, not us. That is the perfect way to end this podcast. Sighing Carrie Fialo is a good signature that we need to wrap this up. Thank you to Kerry. Thank you to Blake. Thank you to Strami. Thank you, Benjamin. Thank you, fans, for all your for listening, for tweeting, for being awesome. 
I guess that's it. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you on Tuesday when we have AVX.5 This Week in Marvel. Bing bong. Yeah, exciting stuff ahead. This is Marvel, your universe.